my midwife came. I had a midwife, not an OBGYN, and um, she checked me over and I was losing a lot of blood, a lot of blood. And she was like, I don't know that this is normal. Hi, I'm John Yeager, and this is Bloodworks 101, the podcast brought to you by your friends here at Bloodworks Northwest. It's designed to inspire you to donate either time, money, or blood. We need all three. Thursday, November 16th, marks the grand opening of our new Beaverton Donor Center in suburban Portland. Now, if you know the city, it's just up Highway 26. There will be a lot going on that day. An official ribbon cutting, Bloodworks leadership will be on hand, lots of people. Each one will have a reason why they're there. Today on Bloodworks 101, you're going to meet one of them, Natasha Erickson. You heard her right there at the beginning of the show. She's a stay-at-home mom with three kids. And when you hear what happened to Natasha while delivering her third child, a daughter, you will understand why Natasha will be there. And, of course, there's the 37 strangers. Okay, enough prelude. This story begins December 2018. My family and I, my husband and I, were welcoming in our third child, and um, my boys are a little bit older. She was kind of a surprise, but we were excited to have a girl, especially because we had two boys. And um, it was then that I actually suffered an amniotic fluid embolism, which is the rarest, um, basically the deadliest maternal complication that you can have. And that started right towards the end of labor, but we didn't know like what it was. Um, and so my daughter was born not breathing, and there were some issues after that, and then, yeah, pretty crazy. And when we hear the acronym AFE, that's what those letters stand for. Yes, amniotic fluid embolism. So the idea of it is um, amniotic fluid enters the bloodstream, which is normal um, during birth and delivery and all that, but some people, for whatever reason, have like an almost an allergic reaction. It's not anaphylaxis, because it doesn't have to do with histamines, but it is um, a whole body response. They think it is, they're not totally sure. The research is still really hard to get because most people don't survive. And your life was on the line and your daughter's life was on the line and usually one or the other doesn't make it from what I understand. Yeah, the, um, the rate of survival is about 20% of people that um, experience one and that's for the mother and the child, it, it's really variable depending on when the AFE begins but there are a lot of people who lose their babies as well. What went through your mind when you're going through that chaos? First of all, it's, it's a, a dramatic event if everything goes right. Yeah. So her birth was beautiful and easy. Um, I was induced and um, I have other kids, so I kind of knew what the process was like. It wasn't until after she was born, she wasn't breathing, which was a little scary. Um, the NICU team was there though, and I it was at Legacy Salmon Creek, and I've been there and I trust the doctors there and I've loved that uh, medical facility. Um, so I wasn't too nervous. And actually, even afterward, my midwife came. I had a midwife, not an OBGYN and um, she checked me over and I was losing a lot of blood, a lot of blood. And she was like, I don't know that this is normal. Um, I passed a blood clot um, that was like bigger than the placenta would have been, which is insane. And I remember being like, ooh, that's not good. Um, and she was like, you know what? We're gonna take you to the OR, which is the operating room um, because you're hemorrhaging. And I've heard that word before, that's like a, you know, that has happened to friends of mine. And so I wasn't actually that worried about it. It wasn't until 
like later on in the process that I realized how like how majorly my life was actually on the line and the doctors were trying to be very very um calming and they were really surprised I was awake that was the other thing so I passed out on my way to the OR which was a big red red flag for them um but they got me into the operating room and um they basically try to stop the bleeding with hemorrhaging that's what they do obviously that they need to do that um so when someone has an AFE they usually don't know until after post-mortem so after they've already died um, it's not something you can test for. It's not something that you can run a test and be like, oh, they're having an amniotic fluid embolism. It's something that you rule out everything else, and then this is the only way that you can know. So they try to stop the bleeding. That doesn't work for a, a long time. And they try a few different things. I don't know how much detail you want me to give about birth, but um, they use a balloon to inflate the uterus to kind of help um, the blood clot where the placenta was. And so they are using that and they roll me into recovery because they think that that's, you know, that's that, we'll just let that go because that should work completely fine. And I see my husband and I get to see my baby. She's fine. We haven't named her yet. Um, my husband would say that I was really out of it. I didn't feel out of it. Um, it was when they came to check on me again. And I mean, they blood just went everywhere like onto the floor like it was gushing and I already knew I'd been losing a lot of blood and that's when I knew things were not good because they called a whole hospital like all of the nurses that were free in the ER had to come we had the hospitalist we had both on-call OBGYNs we had like there was people from labor and delivery that came down and that's kind of what I knew when I knew it was like not okay <laughs> So your life was on the line for how long and then how did you make it through? So about three days. Um, obviously the first aspect of it was um, losing blood and then with an amniotic fluid embolism what happens is you go into DIC. I don't remember what it stands for. It's like disseminated coagulation. I don't know. It basically means your blood can't clot anymore. So there's no way for my blood to clot. And, um, and I just have this large injury after birth. And so they're like, well, basically they had to, they removed my uterus to help stop the bleeding. Um, but then I had respiratory failure. And because of all the blood that I was getting, I had seven liters of blood given, um, which is about my entirety of my blood two or three times. I can't remember if it's two or three now. Um, so that was intense. On top of that, my heart started to give. didn't have a heart attack but there was so much happening my my heart couldn't pump all the blood like you know I'm getting blood from different areas I'm getting shots I'm getting I mean who knows what um, so my lungs started filling with blood because all of the fluid that my heart couldn't pump is basically leaking into my body so all of that happens at one time which is why women usually die because they don't know what's going on then they're not breathing then their heart they're having a heart attack they have brain injuries they can't stop the bleeding Thankfully, I was awake um, and to consent to give to, for them to give me a hysterectomy. Otherwise, they would have had to ask my husband, um, which I think is an odd. I think it varies by state. But um, also, the thing that made a huge difference was my OBGYN. No, not my OBGYN. My midwife. She called um, a massive blood transfusion very, very early, which saved my life. The OBGYN said so, the hospital had said so. She called it about four steps before she was supposed to. And that put 
Bloodworks Northwest on call that put everybody on call like, hey, we're probably going to need blood at the hospital. And they ambulance blood in because I use so much. Um, How much altogether? Seven liters. I think it's 37 units. Um, And that's a bunch of... I mean, I wish that I had the breakdown, and I'm sure I could get it, of what blood products it was, and if it was whole blood, or if that's all together. Um, I also got a lot of proteins for my heart, um, because my doctors were really on top of it. They knew that my heart was struggling, so they gave me a certain um, protein to help my heart keep going. Um, So after that, you know, I had uh, kidney failure, liver damage. I mean, it's totally your whole system, and this is why women don't survive. Um, So it was days until they knew how my body was going to respond. Are my kidneys going to work again? Um, You know, I had to be intubated. Am I going to breathe on my own again? Is my brain okay? Um, I didn't go without a lot of oxygen for long because my heart was still beating and they gave me oxygen. But you still don't know. What did the body have to shut down? Um, I was in shock for a long time. And so I was in ICU for three days. And thankfully, the doctors didn't tell me, like, oh, (laughs) you're not, maybe you'll survive. And they didn't tell my husband either. Um, So I will say the one moment, like, what was going through my mind is when they were talking about having a hysterectomy. I knew, I'm like, I should speak up. Do whatever you need to, because it's important for me to come back to my family. My son, especially my um, younger son, and he's my middle one. He was like, mom, you're gonna come back home, right? Cause he knew I was gonna go have a baby. And I was like, of course. And that went through my mind right before, like I told him I'd come home and I need to come home, like, please. <laughs> and I told them like, I don't care what you gotta do. I just wanna come home. Um, I wanna be able to, to live. So after three days, perhaps then you were, you were out of the woods? Yes. Then my life was like, okay, she's gonna live. And then it came down to let's assess the damage. My kidneys worked on their own, your liver's doing weird stuff, but it's working. Your heart is working, but um, all of my ventricles were opened. They were like, because of the massive influx of blood. And um, one of my, I think it was my left ventricle was like slower, so my heart was doing something kind of funky like that. So I had um, cardiac rehabilitation. What else did I do? I can't believe I'm sitting here talking to you with everything you went through, Natasha. Yeah. Even my doctors, I mean, I think I've never seen so many doctors and nurses cry, come and see me and like, we really thought you were going to die. And the hospitals came and said like, my daughter's your age and I'm just so glad that you're here and get to hug them. It's really interesting to see the uh, medical staff, they're real people too, and this really affects them. Um, Lots of nurses, I had 24 nurses and doctors in that room with me that kept me alive (laughs) and that blood. And the blood from... 37 people you'll never meet. You'll never know. Right. Which, you know, sometimes you can, like, track where blood was given. And I just, on top of it, I it took me, like, four years for my heart to get back um, to normal. And even, I mean, it took me months to walk again. So at the time, I wasn't thinking about that. But that is one of the reasons that I run a blood drive now. And I've been, um, I can't give blood um, because of the things I've been through. But it's one of the reasons that I raise awareness because when you can put a face and a family with like you, that saved my life, which in turn affected my whole entire family and my kids, Um, so. There's nothing like personal testimony where it really was a life and death, life and death right there, right in the balance. And you're alive today because people took an hour out of their day 
didn't think that their blood would save somebody like you just donated blood and you're here to talk about it. Yeah, I really appreciate that and I feel like that is something that is easy to do as well. It doesn't cost you money. It doesn't cost you, you know, much besides your time and especially if you're able to. I know not everyone's able to. I'm um, just like I'm not, but that's why I'm a part of it and it does save lives daily. So said the woman whose whose life was saved because of blood donors. Yes. 37 of them and to just to know that we had it on hand because I needed it immediately it was an emergency and you know blood products don't last forever um, and so to have that available and to know that I cleaned out the hospital like this is a big hospital in a large area that was cleaned out for one person now my you know my situation is rare or not you know, seen a lot but thankfully we had it and we had the capability of having it ambulanced in so Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you for letting me share. Natasha Erickson, alive today because 37 strangers stepped up and performed a simple act of donating blood and saving a life. Again, our Beaverton Donor Center is open and ready for business. If you're in the Portland area, make your appointment today. You just never know whose life you're going to save. And that wraps it up for this edition of Bloodworks 101. I'm your host, John Yeager. See you next time.